There's a difference between homework and a hobby. Yeah. Well, she might want to get into this at some point, but we'll see. So she's kind of leaning in towards like the arts type of thing where it's like visual arts. Oh, yeah. That type of thing. So this might be something she wants to do at some point. We'll see. Well, it's easy to do and you don't need to spend 500 bucks on a mic. You know, I mean, like I say, I probably spend about 500 on kit in total, but sound quality is just excellent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So and I know like when I listen to it online, like at the podcast, it sounds it sounds really good. And I understand your podcast now is like now in the Scouts Canada workspace because I was in there the other day and I was like, oh, look, the podcast is in here now, too. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I I am the closest thing there is to um, like, I think maybe BSA is just restarting some of their podcasts from what I yeah. heard. But yeah. like, there's really not too many scouting podcasts to begin with. And really not a lot in North America either. So yeah, like, uh, me and Sheldon both listen to, uh, scoutmaster.com and like his podcast, but I, uh, like, I know like that's been like gone for like quite a while because he's like actually like retired from scouting, no longer does anything, but we mm-hmm. listen to like a lot of the stuff that he was talking about. And he put like a lot of time and effort into putting out like really good training material to the point that when I did my wood badge to, some of the outdoor skill stuff you would see his stuff sort of creep in as handouts or whatever oh yeah clark was the best i I enjoyed clark well welcome back to another episode of scouting stuff you've got well three of us actually and uh Unfortunately, I'm still haven't found time to get with Scouter Colin. Our schedules just have not been aligning, much like the stars. But if you listen to the last couple of episodes, you'll recognize Sheldon and Shane. And I think we managed to catch both of them at the same time this time. Mm-hmm. Yep. It just worked out that way. Hey, timing. Timing is everything, right? <laughs> so, uh, well, how you both been? How's your new year going so far? Uh Mine's been great. Uh, I just finished up uh, a scout camp, uh, Klondike camp, actually at Camp Everton. We just did one, and it was we filled the camp up, which was great. Wow, nice. So how many bodies do you think? How many people? We had about, um, I think about uh, for the day that came out, we had close to about 300. Nice. That's a good time. And did you have any overnighters, or was it just the day camp? No, we had overnighters because we filled up our cabin. So uh, I think uh, we had, we, we must have had like, uh, we had about 50 overnighters. And I had to cook for, mo- I had to cook for everybody. I helped with the cooking. So that was quite an, uh, an interesting way, interesting thing to do. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, uh, we've done hosted winter camps before. And yeah, just like, there's like the bacon trailer, the grill trailer, right? You know, it's just like, one trailer, six camp chefs around the perimeter of it. <laughs> Cook all the bacon. We did so- We did turkey sausage and pancakes. Nice. Nice. Very nice. And then we did a, a, foil, a foil packet dinner, which was just like uh, potatoes, with layer of potatoes, hamburger patty, and then layer of vegetables. Ooh. So like a, like a Salisbury steak without the gravy. That's not bad. No, not that bad. was not bad. It was it was good, and then for lunch we had, I think we had like hot dogs and soup. Yeah, ah, and it was really nice. I got to see uh, I, I got to see my I got to feel my age because I I ran into a rover who I had as a beaver. <laughs> 
And I and his dad and I scouted together, and I saw him, and he's like 19 now, and I was like, I think I need to sit down. It's the circle of life. Yeah, yeah. Now just wait until he has kids, and you're like the beaver leader for them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that uh, was interesting. Nice. Ah, that sounds like a really good time. Yeah, my group's been planning for uh, the Klondike rally that we have coming up in beginning of February. So they've been doing all that stuff that they need to do for it, trade unification. They practice like how to carry someone on an improvised stretcher, how to do splits. So it's going to be a long day for them, and it's a lot of fun. And I'm really upset that I have to miss it because I have to go to Manitoba for five weeks. Ah, yes. You were uh, talking about needing to join the frozen, um, <laughs> the, the, the frozen the waste of Manitoba. Yes, yes, exactly. So, like, that's one of the joys of being in the military. They send you to training in these far off corners of the country, and uh, you get to see parts of the country that you would probably never see. Um, I know the area itself is like pretty. Uh, sparse. Uh, I think the biggest town that where I'm going is Brandon, Manitoba, and that oh, okay. is well. yeah, it's about a two, maybe three hour, two hour drive. I think uh, from Winnipeg. Uh, I was I've told that when you by. when you when you drive out that way, uh, when you get halfway, there's a very large tree, and it's the halfway tree as referred to by many people. And I was like, yeah, well, nice. you know, what does it look like? They're like, oh, you can't miss it. <laughs> they're like, trust me, you'll know. And they're like, it's like a big birch tree out in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'll be taking a picture. A of, yeah, exactly. I'll be taking a picture of said tree. As one is obliged to do. Yes, exactly. Uh, hey, Shane, it's probably the same tree that was sitting there when Grandpa was there. Yeah, I'm thinking about that, too. It was probably like a sapling that someone had planted out there. Um I have no doubt that the military being the organization is there's probably still buildings that were out there when he was out there. Cause I know for a fact that there is a building that we have a picture of him standing in front of in Petawawa circa 1944. Uh, and that same building is still standing to this day. And I believe the band uses it for rehearsals, like the pipe band. So, and there's only three of those buildings that are left. So uh, I'm pretty sure it's one of those three, and they're all used by the band for uh, for practice. Nice. Well, that's how you do it. I mean, yeah. how to get rid of it? It's a perfectly good building. Yeah, yeah. I guess we have buildings that you know you'll see a sign that says "Warning: This building is not fit for human occupancy." Uh, mostly because they were like old horse stables, so it smells very interesting when it rains. I don't think the band buildings are like that, but there were buildings that we had in Petawawa. They were very much like that. They were converted horse stables and they did not smell good when it rained. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. So I oh. guess we're going to, we're going to start right into this. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, banter is good. Banter is good. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and I almost want to make this, you know, uh, cooking stuff you should know because I love yeah. talking camp recipes. But uh, it was that or it was scouting life balance, um, which I think Shane had thrown out there as a topic when we were chatting on Facebook. But, geez, now I almost want to do, like, favorite scouting cooking recipes. Yeah. Oh, my kids, my scout group has one. They call it scrambled pancakes, which they discovered, strangely enough, by accident. Is that, like, a trifle, but, like, with pancakes or... 
it's a pancake they couldn't get to uh, pancakes that they couldn't or one pancake they couldn't get to flip over so uh because like they had it at a camp they were cooking uh it was an all sections camp i was making breakfast for the cubs and scouts appear and they're like hey scout of shame we made you breakfast and i was like oh well i just had breakfast with the cubs and they're like oh come on we made you pancakes i was like okay i was like what is this like we made you scramble pancakes and i was like it's just a pancake that you couldn't flip and it's broken into pieces. Like, it's scrambled pancakes. I'm like, fine. Pass me the maple syrup. <laughs> I have a really good one. Um, it is to be used with caution, though. Uh, we, uh, it's called Sugar Rush. So, ba- or as I call it, Scouter Communion. So basically, you get like, you put your hand out and then you get a choice of either the mini Rolos, um, gummies, uh, uh, M&M's, or, or Smarties, or most uh, most of the other candies you have there. And then you put it in your mouth, and then someone comes by with whipped cream, and then sh- puts the sh- whipped cream in your mouth. And if you're doing it for ventures, the whole point is to see how, to see the whipped cream come out of your nose. That sounds both... That. Yeah, that sounds... I don't know. That sounds both, like, really, really sweet, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't always go for the sugary stuff. I'm more of a savory this time. Uh, these days, but uh, we uh, we we did it. We do it every year at all. The group I was with, they did it with every year at their all sections camp, and we always tell the parents, it's like, look, there's an inherent risk of scouting. Some of those risks are pretty inherent. The other risks is that you know we're going to bring your kid to camp and pump him full of sugar and send him home. That's an inherent mm-hmm. risk of scouting. It's true. It's true. And yet, you know, I mean, well, I I mean, yeah, we always like to the way we always like to present it is like, you know, yeah, you know. Your kid's going to have way too many snacks and that's fine. But, uh, but you know, as much as possible, we're also going to try and send him home having learned, hopefully, how to at least start to prepare food and maybe how to clean up their own dishes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I had a youth one time. Uh, his dad is a scouter and he told me one time they were on this, uh, him and his wife, uh, they took his they, his son and his wife went off onto went to this amusement park. They were camping there, and then on Sunday morning he got up and he packed all his stuff before breakfast because that's what we told him since he was a beaver. He learned that, so he did it out of habit, and that's what he learned. Nice. See, now that's that's quality right there. Yeah. yeah, and like certainly my kids learned how to do uh, all the all the cooking they learned. They learned in scouting. Because they like uh, my son Ryan, he learned he he cooks really good, but he learned all of it in scouting. So now he has no problem. It's like, hey, can you, can you make this for? Yeah, sure, no problem. Nice. Well, and I mean, and and like sometimes too, we try and do like little challenges, right? Like uh, you know, whether that's like campfire cooking or you know, Iron Chef. So you get sort of like a there's a pile of ingredients, and everybody kind of just gets to choose a handful of them and and run with. Ooh, I like that idea. Hmm. And like, usually there's like some little pre-competition, right? To, because the idea with Iron Chef is there's like one common pool of ingredients and, you know, there's like sort of a pre-competition and then the winner gets like first choice of ingredients and they can pick a set number of ingredients or they have like a, there's some sort of budget that's been determined, uh, that controls like how many ingredients they can take, but like, you know, they get first choice and then, you know, second place gets second choice, third place gets third choice. and. Anyway, you go. We did that one time, and my daughter's group wound up winning the cooking competition because even though they lost the pre-competition, and so they kind of got last pick of the ingredients, 
nobody else took like seasonings. Oh, you know, people took like there was meat and there was various vegetables and stuff like that. So they were left with like mushrooms and some herbs and various like seasonings. I think there was like maybe some garlic in the mix as well. Um, and so they were literally just like, you know, wow, we could make like a really nice, like, you know, I mean, we didn't have wine, but like, you know, we can make a really nice risotto here, like with all the stuff you've left us. And so they yeah. wound up making like this absolutely just amazingly flavorful thing with literally like the last tier ingredients, um, oh, because that's... mind your spices. Yeah. Well, that's good. I was at a scout camp one time, um, and we had a parent call, uh, that talked and goes, because apparently he said at the meeting, I'll bring some spices. He took all the spices in their house. All of them brought them to camp. <laughs> oh man! So the mom had nothing, and she's like, "I had all these spices. Where did they go?" So she she asked him, "Did did you bring all?" I goes, "Yeah, I have them all." And he when he had them, he had them as on on his belt, like utility belt of spices. Oh, nice. Well, that's that's <laughs> pretty. Nice. We we were doing a cooking competition. That's what he was doing. He's like, "Oh, we need this," and he I just see on his belt. And then I remember his, when his mom called, we were like, "Oh, it's like okay, well at least she knows." You have the spices. They're just here at camp. So I hope there wasn't anything too expensive. Like it wasn't like, you know, oh, you need saffron. Here's some saffron. I'd I'd be right. like, well, we're not using the saffron. I think that's, you know, we'll just, just put that aside. That's uh, kind of expensive to be taken out, uh, out to a camp. A little bit. But actually on that note, so like my, my wife's family does a secret Santa thing. And um, uh, for Christmas every year. And so everybody gets like each kid gets paired off with another kid and that's their gift exchange. Then each, you know, adult gets, uh, assigned an adult. So it's kind of, you know, everybody's just giving gifts in a big circle, basically. Um, it's good. And so my wife's older sister got me, I was, you know, she was my secret Santa. And so my wife was like fishing around for ideas like, Oh, well, what can we get him? Um, and, uh, and, uh, she suggested to her sister, it's like, well, you know, I mean, he, he always likes adding to his collection of scout knives, which I do. Um, so she got me a Mora Craftline Pro, very nice knife. But then independent of that and without any other suggestion, she got me this. So yeah, she got me this thing. It's like a canvas wrap uh, and it's got like nine glass vials in it. So I can put like different spices and stuff. I can totally do like the Sam Gamgee, you know, taking his spices into Mordor just in case they have a roast chicken. <laughs> well, that's a legitimate thing. I don't think, I think it'd be a roast uh, orc probably or a spider. Yeah, well, yeah, spider probably. Anyways. So anyways, yeah, you you know what? We could do that um, because yeah, you had, uh, that was kind of where you had come in as, as another idea. Having you both um, was the tale of two commissioners. Yeah. So, so, well, why don't I start off with how I got into being a good commissioner? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, okay, go ahead, Shane. Well, I think it should start with me because technically I've been doing it. Well, actually, there's not technically about it. I have been doing it longer than you. So, like, I started in 2005 uh, as a walk in off the street. So, no scouting background. Uh, not a parent of like any of the kids that were there, just a guy that's like, Hey, I'd like to volunteer and spend some time with like youth and scouting seems like a great way to do it. 
So, like, the guy, if you look, like, according to, like, or the person, if you look according to Scouts Canada, how we do recruiting, the person's at the bottom of the list. So, they're just like, if you can't find out of these people, sure, a walk and a work just as good. So, I did that, and I was in scouting for, like, a very long time. Like, Sheldon actually became the, a group commissioner before I did. So, yeah, he's ahead of me in that. Um and uh, like I said, I've served uh, as uh, a section leader uh, at uh, Cubs uh, and Scouts, um, uh, but I've also been a leader in all three sections, both here in Petawawa, uh and in Ottawa. And uh, I'll let Sheldon take his that spot from there. Yeah, so I came in in 2011 when my son joined the program uh, after some pushing from Shane that he should join the program. Um, and I started off as a Beaver leader, uh, and then they needed a Cub leader, so I moved into Cubs. Um, as you do. Yeah, as you do, and then they needed a Scout leader. Um, and then I was doing two sections at once, because they were you needed a Beaver leader and a Cub leader, so I was going from one meeting to another, because my, my younger son was in Beavers, and my older son was in Cubs. And then I was doing that in scout, and Scouts as well, and then when after my first year in scouting, the group commissioner announced at the meeting that he was stepping down, and I said, "Why don't I think about?" I was, I thought, I thought, okay, I knew the training was, and back then you could take the training before being selected as a group commissioner. So I took the one day training and became a group commissioner. And luckily, that's I was at the right time at the right moment where they launched the new group commissioner orientation training, and I was one of the. This, I think was the second group actually to do it. So I got that. So, and then I was a group commissioner up until uh, this, the start of this scouting year in which I moved over and then I moved over to program support, which I've been doing pretty good so far. He left awesome. out the part, the part where I think when he said he was becoming a group commissioner, I think I laughed at him for like 10 to 15 minutes. And then I was like, seriously, I was like, Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought that was, but anyway, and uh, later on, so like uh, I've only been a group commissioner since 2020. I want to say like just after we came out of the COVID restrictions, uh, the group commissioner that we had, uh, his kid had moved on from the program and he wasn't interested in doing this anymore. Um, and again, uh, he didn't ask me directly. Uh, he basically said like, "You're the the next person that I would consider for it. Would you consider taking it over?" Um, most of the people that were in scouting here and that were like, yeah, no one else wants, so it's you or, or nobody. And I was like, okay, then I'll take the job. And that was like, uh, just of like how things like how they the other group Christians sort of disappeared. I had to talk, I talked to council and council's like, yeah, okay, no problem. We'll set you up as a group commissioner. Just give us like. 30 minutes and i was like that's all it takes is 30 minutes and then in 30 minutes i got a uh, message back from the group commissioners like okay you're all set up lots of luck see ya and i was like okay here we go uh and to date uh i still haven't i've done all the group commissioner training online i've never done it in person i don't know if there's going ever to be an in-person because uh i see like all the the nice stuff that my brother gets to do for training uh the last time uh, you were in training. I believe you sent me a picture in some sort of robe in a hotel somewhere. Um, so, uh, you know, we in Voyager Council don't see anything like that up here. Now, to be honest, yeah, I did send on that picture because they put <laughs> us in the they put us in the Western Hotel uh, in Toronto, which was really nice because 
uh, they did a regional one in Ontario, which was the, all the groups in Toronto. And they, they the hotel came with a free robe. Why would you not use a free robe, right, Ken? Ooh, yes. Well, I mean, when in when in Rome or Toronto. Yeah. yeah. And then the the other thing that's funny is like us being twins and everything. Um, uh, about a year and a half later, after he had completed uh, his group commissioner's course, uh, I'm at a scouting event. Uh, which is like a, a brotherhood campery, which is being held, like it rotates. Uh, the year that I went, it was in Morrisburg, uh, Ontario, um, which is just on the other side of the St. Lawrence Seaway. And I run into a person that I know through scouting, um, and she was on uh, Sheldon's uh, group commissioner's course. And she's like, oh, so you're a group commissioner. And I was like, no, no, I'm not. I'm still like the section leader and everything. She's like, but didn't you just take the course? I'm like, ah. Uh, Unfortunately, no, that's my brother. Common <laughs> common mistake. And then she's like, really? But you both look alike. I'm like, yeah, that's the twin thing. And then she's like, oh, okay. So there you go. And then so the you last were... time oh, oh sorry. Go, go ahead. On. So the last and the, the last time I took training, right? Uh, I met a guy that was in the army and he knew my brother. And because they he he had they had met each other, and the guy looked at me, he's like, "Don't I know you?" And I was like, "No." And the guy's like, "Aren't you in the army?" I was like, "No, that's my twin brother, of course." <laughs> yeah, so just kind of pass back and forth. The uh, nice, I like it. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure if you look on like uh, if there's a national role anywhere of like all the membership people on there, I'm pretty sure like we're right like. One, one of us is above the other. the other one. Yeah, exactly. Because like, if you think about, if we sat down, we thought about this, we're like, okay, we all have the same initials, the same last name, born on the same day. I'm sure if like there's someone going through there and they were actually doing like data, they'd be like, wait, is this two, two do? Is this a duplicate record or two different people? Hold on. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I'm sure when you scroll down, you're like, no, okay, this person's in Waterloo, this person's in Petawawa. Okay, well, that's fine. We're we're okay. Yeah, yeah. Once once you actually like get into the granular details, it makes sense. But a casual glance, yeah. yeah, it happens. It definitely happens. But I don't think we've ever had anything where it's like uh, we haven't gotten like emails from different other people where they were just like, "Oops." At least I don't think so. Have you gotten any? I haven't gotten any. Nope, I haven't gotten any emails from anybody in scouting saying, oh, yeah. "Uh, no, no." But, you know, uh, we are pretty far apart. And, uh, and I really think, you know, if we, we were in the same council, yeah, probably. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's probably one of the things that's probably like save us is like, yeah, if we were in the same council, we'd probably be getting stuff where they're just like, are you taking care of this event? I'm like, no, that's my brother. Like, oh, sorry, my mistake. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, and, and name confusion is a real thing, like in, in, gosh, in so many contexts, right? Like I hear about it all the time in like a business context, right? Where, you know, you have two people who are close in name uh, or, yeah, like same first initial and last name, things like that. Like it's just, it's a, it's a problem. Um, and it can cause a lot of confusion and a lot of hilarity too. So, but would I be correct in assuming then that you were never both commissioners at the same time? No, I think we were. There was like at least... Three years because you just gave yours up. You just stopped being the group commissioner recently, didn't you? Like within the past year? Yeah, I stopped being a group commissioner yeah. in uh, July. There we go. So, yeah, so like, uh, and I became a group commissioner in 2020. So, yes, yeah, so there was like a period there where there were both of us. Oh, okay. Nice. So, one of us is going to end up being a council commissioner. I don't know which one of us is going to be, though. We'll see. <laughs> 
There's still time. There's lots of time. Well, I'm, neither one of us are planning to give up scouting anytime soon. So, mm-hmm. no, exactly. Now, especially that I'm working on a camp, it's just like, yeah, I'm not retiring anytime soon. Either I've got a list of things to do at camp still. <laughs> right? Like it's just it never really ends. It's just you know you find different stuff. True. And I've seen a lot so, of that through it where people go on and they like, no, no, I'm running. I do training now. I don't, or I do X or I do Y. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, it, it, it yep. If there's a role that you, that, you know, a person can like easily, easily, easily fall into, um, that they're quite good at, like by all means, all power to them. Let them, let them yeah. go at it. Uh, I just, uh, Shane, I think the, the other thing we forgot to mention is that we both got our wood badge too within a month of each other. I think that's the other oh, thing too. Yeah. Is that someone ever looked at? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember that. Because remember, I got mine in April, and you got yours in May. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because it wasn't too long after you started yours that I started mine. I did mine at OP Mekong, which is like a camp out near Perth, Ontario, and then you did yours at Everton or Blue Springs. I can't remember. Both. It was first yeah. weekend was at Blue Springs. Second weekend was at Everton. Yeah. Nice. So kind of just everything kind of lines up in time for you two, which I guess, you know, makes sense being twins and all. Yeah. Well, one of the nice things about that is when you have like, uh, when you have like someone that's you're, that's you're close to in, and you're sharing the same activity and everything, especially with us being group commissioners is we've always been, uh, a sounding board for one another where it's just like, well, my guys are doing this. And I'm like, well, that's a good idea. Have you thought about this? No, I haven't thought about this. Well, this person wants to do this. Well, I think that's a good idea. And I, I know that was definitely for Sheldon because like, especially when he became it, um, we would definitely go to each other and just like, does this make sense to you? And we'd be reading off stuff. And I'd be like, well, hold on. This is the way that we're doing it up here. Is this not the way that you're doing it? And then we'd be talking about that. I think especially like with us... <sighs> There was a, a fair bit of time where it was where we had stuff going on, and it was like I think we would call almost every week uh, to go over stuff. Oh, geez. Well, I guess uh, it helped you know, to have each other as the sounding board. And I mean, if your groups are active and there's a lot going on, then you know it can. I could definitely see the case being made for like, yeah, just being able to have those communication yeah. sessions. Yeah, I mean, it really helped me, like, because. I, my brother had I, when I came to group commissioner, he had a lot more experience than I do with some of the section stuff. So then it was just like, oh, uh, what do you think about this? And then when he became, I had a lot of experience. So then he'd ask me. And one of the things is too is that right uh, when I would get all this stuff about notification, like from a council meeting or something like that, I'd forward it off to Shane, and then he'd get it. And I guess by the time his council, like he said, by the time his he got a forwarded from council. He's just like, oh, sorry, I already got that a couple of weeks ago. Oh, jeez. So you're, yeah. That, I do have to admit that this is sometimes an area of frustration is that Scouts Canada's communication pipelines and then even sort of the within council communications pipelines can be a little bit weird at times. Like people, yeah, some people that, get notified before other people and, uh Yeah, I, that's definitely depending on like the event that's happening. And that's because like, uh, I think almost everyone in scouting will receive like a council uh, email update at some point. Um, like for Voyager Council, where I am, we get one like uh, every month uh, with like comments in it for like uh, the key three, and it's and it goes over like most of the stuff that's happening uh, within the council. Um, 
and then it's sporadically on like anything that you get of like national uh you know of that it's running out like across scouts canada uh and maybe i think that's because like it gets sent to the councils and the councils just put it in with their communication um or it's because like most of the stuff is centered around the councils yeah like central government does the same thing too but the other thing like with especially with me because i'm in an urban group uh, I have the ability, I had the, I, and I still do, I have the ability to network with a lot more scouters than you do. Cause I mean, for me, it's just like, I can pick out like within, within the area I have, I know pretty much most of the group commissioners that are here and I see them at a fair bit. Cause we would do, even when the areas got rid of, we still had the group commissioners would still get together. I remember, um, during COVID they needed a place to meet. And since we couldn't meet outdoors, they had, we had them all in my backyard. We had everybody a backyard, nice fire. My uh, everybody loved it because uh, uh, we actually put out pre-made snacks for everybody. So they, they were like, "Oh, well, look, there's food and drink here." Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, it doesn't take much. It's like no. free food. Oh, I'm there. <laughs> and you, Shane, know how much food my wife makes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Like that's why I said like snacks were out. Like there's probably like Christmas were just like, hey, where's the recipe for this? Can I get this before I go? Is there any leftovers? And I know there would be. Yeah. Like Gamewell Group has come here too, and we we did the. My wife did the exact same thing. They did it so much. The Gamewell Group's like, why are we still meeting? Going back to the old meeting place? Why don't we just come here and eat shell potatoes <laughs> all the time? And I was like, I don't know about that, but everybody was really impressed by it. And yeah. Ken, when you were talking about how similar me and I, Shane are, we haven't even gotten to mo- uh, like the really bizarre thing about how we're, we're similar. Are um, Shane married a teacher? I married a teacher. Both our sister-in-laws oh, are teachers, and my wife and my mom is a retired teacher, and my our sister is a librarian for the school board. Yeah. So education is just a big part of the picture, is what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, like Sheldon met his wife at my wedding um and like it was two years after we got married that they got married and like uh then uh they had their one and th- their firstborn and then like a year and a half later we had ours on the way and then like when the the when my youngest and his youngest were born like i said like he said they were they're 16 weeks apart so um they've gone through some of the other things too and like uh, his oldest boy is the treasurer for his venture company. My youngest is the treasurer for her venture company. So yeah, it's, they do a lot of stuff. Like when our kids get together, there was a time there where they were talking an awful lot about scouting stuff and the stuff they were, were doing at camp. Uh, Sheldon's oldest has a, has an, inf- an interesting, uh, thing, uh, for when they're, from their packing. And I believe it's, what is it? One pound of bacon per day is what the ventures allot for food. I don't know if they eat that much bacon, but that's one of their plans. And there is a science. No, it's, okay, it's go ahead. One pound per, per one pound per person per day. There we go. Which really, I'd imagine, drives up the grocery bills quite a lot. Yeah, it would a little bit. And but that does sound like venture cuisine. That really yeah, does. and the ventures wouldn't even. When I remember my son first went shopping, the the elite the advisor told him, "Hey, look, we can price match here." No, 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 no. We didn't want to price match. We'll because they were buying premium bacon. I was like, "Fine, it's their money. <laughs> Let them buy the premium bacon." All right then. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, an awful lot of money to put for for one camp. 
like the camp that we went to last time, um, when we were done with the, the venturers and the scouts, we're like, we surprised you guys didn't order pizza. And they're like, where are we going to order pizza from? And I was like, uh, this place it's in town. I'm like, we passed it on the way here. And they're like, but you didn't say that we could order pizza. I'm like, now you guys know the next time you plan to camp, if you want to order pizza for a meal, you can order pizza for a meal. It's going to bump the price up a bit. I said, but that's perfectly a uh, legitimate choice since it's available. And they're like, Oh, and I was like, see, you got to think outside the box. I said it, and that's the problem that I always have. We always have is like one of the things that we have is like everyone wants to do the same thing all the time. And I'm like, we don't have to eat the same thing when we go to camp all the time. Think of different ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, that's kind of like both a struggle that we've had. And then also like, because we let the scouts in their patrols plan, like for the beavers, we do the menu planning. And for the cubs, they have some input into the menu planning, but it's mostly still the scouters but for the scouts it is really about letting them have near complete control over the menu planning um and of course over the food prep itself which is great but then you know at the same time um they uh you know you get some who just don't have much of an original thought to offer and so it's just kind of the same food every time yeah Um, and then you get some who kind of take a look at the budget and they're like, well, you know, we have this much to spend per scout on food. Uh, so if we only spend this much, then that leaves us this reservoir of dollars for chips. Yeah, I've seen that too. Um, and also like, there's also like, they're just like, oh, well, this was so good last time. Let's, why, why break with, what well, you know, why mess with success? This was such a great meal. Let's just do a repeat of of the meal. And our last camp was like that um where uh we went camping in early december the year before we'd done the same thing and they wanted to do a dehydrated christmas dinner so it was like dehydrated turkey stuffing mashed potatoes gravy and they wanted it again with some cranberries thrown in some dehydrated cranberries and they wanted it again and i was like okay that's that's fine Sure. I think next time we'll be like, okay, if you want to do a dehydrated meal, let's get another dehydrated meal. Yeah. Let's, uh, I, cause I mean those, yeah. And like, sometimes it is interesting to watch them come up with like, you know, what they, what their crazy ideas are. Um, other times you just kind of scratch your head and wonder that you're like, well, I'm glad we scouters have our own menu. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's one of the things that I've always, uh, tried about like where like especially now that i've got like dedicated scout leaders and i was like have you guys ever thought of like making a menu just for the leaders and like the kids can plan theirs and i've done it where it's like oh well like we did one where the kids were having like hot dogs and like um and something else and like we just took like a little bit of what they had and we just added a couple like or changed one thing and just made the meal like that much better like the kids were going to have like hot dogs and we're like oh well we're having chili dogs and they're like chili dogs how you making chili dogs and i was like you guys have all the hot dog stuff i said all we need to add is two cans of canned chili and they're like what why didn't we think of that i'm like i don't know (laughs) uh i was doing a uh, archery training i mean i was doing archery at uh, one of the camps uh i do archery at and uh, after i was done the leaders are just like, oh, we're having lunch. Why don't you join us? And I said, okay, sure, I'll join you. They were doing a round-the-world thing for their Cubs. So 
the lunch was from New Zealand. So we had kiwi burgers, which were uh, they're, they're kiwi, and then there's a fried egg on top, and then we had cottage pie with lamb. Oh, so I, I know that was like that. Do, it was delicious, right? It was one of the better meals I've yeah. actually had. Yeah, I, I would sign up for anything involving lamb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I did one where I saw the kids where uh, this wasn't my idea. This was one of the other leaders. He's like, okay, you guys are going to plan everything. However, like for dinner, I don't want, we can't use any dishes. So every, everything has to be eaten with like hands. And they're like, okay. And then they came back and they were giving us the thing. And they're just, and I was like, uh, and then they're like, and we've bounced it out and we're having a salad. And I was like, oh, but how are you guys going to have a salad when we said everything have to eat on a hand? They're like, it's in a bun. And I'm like, all right. It was Caesar salad in a bun. And I was like, you know what? That's that. Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely eat that with your hands. Yes. So that goes back to like that whole thing where it's just like, it's interesting to see what their minds come up with. That was one of the things that they come up with. Yeah. How they, how they respond to some different challenges. Yeah. And then if we go back to scrambled pancakes, I was thinking that if they want to do that next time, the suggestion I gave to them was like, I'm like, those pancakes were good. I said, have you drizzled a bit of maple syrup on there and maybe like put a couple of pieces of bacon in around it? I said, that would have been like a great meal just on its own. No yeah. eggs. I said, just, you know, take a couple of pieces of bacon, put it on. I said, then drizzle the maple syrup right on top. Perfect. Nice. Well, every year when I went to DIBC, they would do a cooking challenge. <laughs> And the, the scouts were always just like, oh, we got to do the cooking challenge. We got to do the cooking challenge. They never once won. They came really close a couple times. And we do very interesting dishes. And then they were very simple dishes. But it was always interesting to see what these guys came up with and how would they pair the meal. And it, it was one interesting. I remember they did a vegetarian meal one time. And that was very interesting to see how they did it. And I was like, okay. But yeah. Nice. I mean, we've got a few staples uh, that we do for some of the camps, like tacos in a bag goes back to when I was a venturer, right? That's been a, a group thing for a long, long time. Um, Don't we do that when we get together with the kids? I believe that's happened a couple of times where the kids are like, Can we have tacos in a bag? Oh, it's such it, like <laughs> the nice thing about tacos in a bag is you can pre-cook everything that you need to, right? Like you yeah. can actually just pre-cook it all. So it's just a reheat. And then, you know, I mean, there's no dishes except for a fork, right? Because in theory, it's just going in the bag yeah. and they can kind of build it to spec. And I mean, over the years, we've had to like, you know, make some adjustments for allergy. We've had a few scouts who like can't do the dairy thing, for example, um, yeah. or one who can't have anatto, which is like the orange dye that's common in a lot of cheeses, oh. um, but whatever. So, you know, you just get a few regular bags of chips and those work just as well. Actually, I prefer that. I'm not a big Doritos fan, but, uh. Yeah, my daughter always wanted everything. My youngest wanted everything deconstructed, so she would she would have all the components to it. She just didn't want them touching each other. So she'd have the meat, the lettuce, um, the Doritos, and ketchup, and that was her thing. Nice. So she'd have the meat with the ketchup on it, and then yeah. uh, and then like the shell separate, and then the Doritos separate, and she would just eat that. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you're eating food. That's that's all we really need. Yeah. 
I think Smokies is like another one, but the, I tried the, they I've been told for that one, they're just like, but this counts as two food groups because there's cheese inside, and that's dairy. And I was like, yeah, yeah, but you still need other something to go with it. I was like, I would feel better if you had Smokies and a bag of carrots. And they're like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Our, our event advisor had thoughts about cheese-filled Smokies, uh, or pus-filled Smokies, as he often referred to them. He was, he was really annoyed at the existence of those. Oh. I mean, I, I personally like them, but again, you know, with a couple kids who can't even have cheese to begin with, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to think, like, what else we've done for fun camp cooking. Like, I mean, I really like it when we try and do, like, again, I really like the challenge stuff, right? So whether that's the Iron <laughs> Chef or the uh, foil cooking. So sometimes for daily events, we'll, like... You know, bring your lunch, but it has to be wrapped in foil and you're going to cook it over a fire. Yeah. Well, I just did a, uh, where we were just like everyone, uh, bringing a, everyone brought a lunch and everything. And this one kid just, um, he, he had pizza and he's like, I want my pizza warm. So he sharpened a stick and then stuck his pizza through this stick and then started roasting it over the fire. And his father was there and he's like, what is he doing? I'm like, he's fine. I'm like. He's, good. he's improvising. He had, his per- he had his permit. He he did all that. And then before he was was done, I took a picture of that and I sent it to his mother. And then she's like, yes, of course he would would do that. And this kid's like, he's like a big kid. So like he's the kind of kid that was just be like, I can crush this whole pizza. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah no, save some for the other kids. <laughs> yes, you probably can. But no, you yeah. probably shouldn't. E- exactly. So. So I have this story. Uh, I think Shane has probably heard the story. Uh, roasted carrots over the campfire. I was at a Ugh. beaver camp. I know I was at a beaver camp. Um, we told everybody you get one marshmallow, one marshmallow, one marshmallow. We had a marsh, and then we're like, "Can we have more marshmallows?" Sorry, we're all out of marshmallows. The only thing we have left, if, uh, left, if you want carrots, you can roast them over the campfire. So they're like, "We have a carrot that." I was like, "Fine." Knock yourself out. Here's a carrot. And I have a picture. I still have them. They all roasted their carrots, the baby carrots, over the campfire and ate them. That's hilarious. But, I mean, they will do that if you give them. Actually, that uh, that reminds me. So, like, my daughter, and I mean, like, she's, you know, in vents now as well, um, started as a beaver. And scouting is a huge part of her life. Like, the two, her two favorite days are when she gets to go to vents and when she gets to go to curling. Like, th- that's her thing. Those are her things. And... Uh, so for her last birthday, she had a bunch of friends out and we just went to one of the local parks. Um, I bought, you know, a bunch of firewood and we just fired up one of the fire pits. Um, and she just wanted to, you know, like play some games in the park, horse around on the equipment. And there was a table full of just stuff that you could grab and cook over the fire. Marshmallows and um, different like meat options um, and also some vegetables. And so at, uh, at one point, I think she and I kind of both had the same idea, um, where, you know, we just like grabbed some peppers and tomatoes and put those onto the spears and started doing those over the fire. And then it was like, oh, you know, like that plus the, the meat and the, uh, it's like, oh, you can cook all of these things together. And then it's like so much more flavorable and throw that all in a bun. And then all of a sudden your friends are like, oh, really? Well, pass me that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, they're, they're kids. They like to mess around with stuff. And if you, you know, you 
some of them probably just wanted to roast a carrot for the sheer silly novelty of, Hey, I just roasted a carrot on, on the fire. Um, but, uh, and, uh, and others are probably just like, well, it probably would taste okay. I like carrots. I have done with my cubs one time we did bannock, oh. which worked really well, but it just took forever. It does take a while. And the other one I did, which I would highly recommend to anybody listening, um, we used uh, a, a pie iron, and then what we did is we put uh, a dad's uh, oatmeal cookie in. Uh, then we, you had a choice of either pie filling. So we had cherry or apple, and then you put it in there, and you put the mm. other M copper cookie on top, and then you warm it up in the fire. That mm. uh, I had the apple pie filling. That is one of the best things, and we still do it. The kids still do it to this day. My kids will like we got to get in the summertime when we go to our trailer. Yeah, they'll grab some apple cookies, some oatmeal cookies, and we'll do that. And my wife even likes it because it, it's really good. It just yeah. you got to be careful when it comes out because it is piping hot. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, but no, that would be oh, that would be amazing. That would be really tasty. I've done that with like the bread crust or yeah, with like bread or yeah, bread slices, right? Like the traditional yeah. sort of camp pie. Um, That's the way I've cookies, done it too with be... bread slices. Yeah, I've never thought about that. Why am I just finding about this now? Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Well, we'll do it next time you're around. Uh, I've also done traditional ones where we've done the campfire. And my wife does not like me make those traditional sandwiches because I always say – I always put the cheese, the ham in there. And I was like, make sure it's swimming in onions. (laughs) Ain't that the truth. But uh, anyways, I'm going to have to wrap it up here soon just because I got to go pick up my kids. So yeah, a little I got to go pick unfocused. up my car. Fair enough. Well, a little bit more of an unfocused episode, mostly about camp cooking. But you know what? That's okay. Because I think maybe the takeaway is just like camp cooking is a wonderful time for invention and experimentation. Yeah. Um, it will not always succeed. And, you know, the old joke uh, is still true that uh, scout cooking is very much Schrodinger's cooking. Um, it can be both burnt and raw at the same time. Yeah. Sometimes it tastes good. Sometimes it doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, it is, I think it's very, it's a great opportunity to just kind of let the kids go a little bit nuts with food in, you know, a relatively safe environment of, uh, uh, of the camp and just, you know, basically being and and sometimes to do that in a teamwork context right too you can have the whole patrol kind of like working on the menu and working on preparing stuff and sometimes they find stuff that works and sometimes they find stuff that doesn't and once in a while you accidentally invent something that becomes a staple of the group for the next 30 years oh okay okay well i should go warm up my van because it's still like minus 36 here or whatever it is something Uh, well hopefully it's warmer in winnipeg where i'm going we warmed Uh, up i think we're minus four right now we're minus 14 here well that's not so bad yeah i'll have to go online and check the uh the forecast uh at least for this week to see where i'm going i'm kind of uh lucky because like we won't be heading out to do the field portion of it until like uh right the last i think we're out in the last week of february so like hopefully like the weather will change we'll see what happens at that point maybe i'll get a nice chinook that'll just breeze on down uh, the road. Well, that would be ideal. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. Well, thanks again for coming on you both. And, uh, thank you out there for listening. And until next time, everybody be prepared. <laughs>